0: I really kind of uh, went back and forth on what to talk about tonight. Um, You know, just uh, doing one sermon. You know, you can't preach through you know a a series of of different things, and so kind of just wanted to pick out one solid thing that um, that would maybe mean something to you guys from stuff that I've learned. So I really prayed about what you know what verses to talk about tonight, and uh, I just kept coming back to this one particular verse that we're going to be reading from tonight and um i feel like it has a lot of uh just implications for our lives on um how to interact with our culture and how to um, be an effective witness and and just um how to um just have more uh, faith in our own life in in, in christ and um so we're going to be reading tonight out of first peter 3 first peter 3 uh verses 13 through 15 and it says Now, who is there to harm you if you are zealous for what is good? But even if you should suffer for righteousness' sake, you will be blessed. Have no fear of them, nor be troubled. But in your hearts, honor Christ as holy, always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you. Yet do it with gentleness and respect. Let's pray. God, we just come before you tonight and... um, God, we just want to give you this time. I just pray that um, you would just be with me. I just pray that you'd uh, just uh, let the Holy Spirit be here tonight. Just um, communicate your word to us. And and I just pray that, um, God, even if there's one person here tonight that would just uh, take something away from this, Lord, I pray that that would be so. And I just um, pray that you would just help all of us um, just to uh, take this verse to heart. And... um, what it means for our lives and um god just uh, thank you so much for who you are for your glory and and uh majesty and and just for sending your son to save us and we're just so thankful for that we just want to give you this time tonight in jesus name i pray amen all right first of all peter in this uh set of scriptures and actually in this this whole book is uh talking to the early church, I believe in Asia, if I remember correctly. And, um, he's writing them and encouraging them. Uh, the church has really going through a hard time of persecution right now. And, um, first of all, he's giving them instruction on just basic Christian living. He's reminding them of Christian principles. And, uh, he's, he's kind of directing that to, uh, to doing that in a, in a hostile culture, a, a, a difficult place of suffering and, and uh, where they're, where they're not living in a, you know, Christian culture where it's easy to to be a Christian. Um, and, uh, you know, really, <clears throat> excuse me, times haven't changed too much. We still live, um, we don't live in a culture that's real hostile as far as they're going to kill us or put us in prison. Um, there are places like that in other parts of the world, but we don't. But we still face persecution in some senses of the word, uh, um, you know, of even just being shunned from different groups and, you know, where we work or different things like that. We've, we face that type of persecution. And so this has implications for us, um, these these verses on suffering. And uh, first of all, he's telling us we need to know who we are in Christ. He's kind of talking about our identity in Christ. Um, he's telling us how to live righteously, um, or he's telling us to live righteously, um, how to interact with others, and how to live in a hostile cult- culture. Um, So, basically, in these these verses right here, he's giving us encouragement on how to live, and then he gives us a command, which is verse 15, which we'll talk about in a second. But, excuse me, verse 13 and 14 deal specifically um, with with a few things, and like I said before, uh, one is living righteously. Um, If you look at verse 13, he says words like, you know, being zealous for good. Honoring Christ, having a good conscience, good good behavior, he keeps saying those words over and over, so he 's talking about um, just just how we live in christ he 's reminding um, the, these Christians and he 's reminding us um, just about godly living, righteous living um, then he he talks a little bit about suffering for living righteously. Um, you, uh, in John fifteen twenty, and I believe I put that up there, but um, Jesus says, uh, "Remember that a servant isn't greater than his master, and and uh, that that Christ suffered on our behalf, and so we're going to suffer too for being Christians." And once again, he's just reminding of that. Um, you know, the message of Jesus is kind of a uh, uh, it, it kind of flies in the face of, of what col- the way culture lives, the way uh, you know. The non-Christian culture lives. It's a uh, um, convicting, I guess, to say the least, and so that sometimes causes um, suffering, <clears throat> causes persecution. Um, and then once again, just reminding them, reminding them of uh, their identity in Christ, who they are in Christ. Um, and then he talks a little bit about being blessed for being suffering. And you remember in the Beatitudes that that Christ talks about. Um, you know, the blessed are the, the ones who are persecuted, for their, theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Um, then, then right there in the end of verse 14, he says, uh, you know, ha- have no fear of the persecutor. It's just reminding them, you know, of a verse like Romans eight thirty one that says, If Christ is for us, who can be against us? Um, so basically to sum those two verses up, he's just saying, remember who you are in Christ. And remember to live righteously. And if and when you're persecuted... Uh, remember to live above reproach, don't fear, and remember that Christ died for you. Um, and, excuse me, I need a drink here. I apologize. This is a really bad time to have allergy stuff, so just bear with me. Um, we're going to get into verse 15, and this is really the verse that I wanted to really focus on the most, and, uh, I, I told you before, it's been a really pivotal verse in my life um, just for understanding uh, who I am in Christ and, and how to interact with others. And um, I really think it's a, a key verse for all of us to get. Um, and um, we're just going to kind of take this and break it down bit by bit and kind of talk about each part. And uh, it says that, uh, Been in your hearts, honor Christ the Lord is, ho- Christ the Lord is holy. Always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you. Yet do it with gentleness and respect. Now, first part, to honor Christ as Lord. Um, you know, basically that means to sanctify Christ. Um, and and I, in a different translation, that's what, actually what it says. Sanctify Christ as Lord. Um, basically, you know, honor, worship him, exalt him. Um, give him the respect he's due. You know, set him as first priority in your life. That's what to sanctify Christ means. So that's what he's telling them to do. Remember your place, you know, as a Christian. Sanctify Christ as Lord in your heart. Set him first. Um, Submit completely to uh, everything to him, um, even if it brings suffering or when it brings suffering. Um, Second part is to always be prepared to give a defense, okay? And that first part, always be prepared, Basically, what I like to, to sum that up is know what you believe and know why you believe it. A lot of times we get kind of this just uh, surface kind of um, knowledge of Christianity. We don't really, you know, we, we know Christ is Lord and we know, you know, certain things about church. but We don't really know it on a deep level where we can communicate that to other people. And um, that that's what I believe this part um, is talking about, always being prepared. And there's a, a study that I kind of read on. Excuse me on uh, on youth that um, they grow up in the church and then they go to college and um, the uh, Southern Baptist Convention did a study on that in 2002 and they found that 88 percent of students who left the church um, left their homes and and went to college and started living their own life uh, didn't come back to church. They left the church and um then uh, in 2007, Lifeway did one. They found 70, or 70% um, leave the church, but they also found that 35% eventually come back. Um, the Assembly of God did one, and they found that it was 66%. And then Barna Research Group did one, and they found it 61%. So, you know, uh, statistics sometimes can be off, but let's just you know, give them another 10% and say that 50% of students leave churches when they When they graduate and and, and move out from their uh, their homes, um, my question is why that's you know if those i don 't know if that's exactly correct, but I would imagine from my experience that that 's probably close um, just from people that i 've known and my question is why why are why are we losing fifty percent of the youth that that come out of churches and go to college and um I think I think I know a good answer to that, but um, you know this this might not always be the case. Um, so some people might just fall away and then come back, but but my guess would be that a majority of of kids leave the church because they don't really know what they believe and why they believe it. And, and I've seen that to be the case in my life. Like I said, um, growing up here in Woodward, I had a lot of friends in the different churches, and sometimes I'd go there, and and you know I can think of lots of times when I was really disappointed with what was taught. <laughs> you know, in in the youth groups, you know, a lot of times it was just a a party and they, you know, they played some games and ate pizza and went home. And, uh, you know, I can remember another time, a big church here in Woodward, I don't want to say what it is, but I went to, to visit there and, uh, the youth minister there didn't, didn't believe that God was all knowing. They believed that God knew, uh, you know, partial answers of, uh, of, of the world and knew, you know, maybe the decisions that were ahead of us, we could make, but didn't know the answer we were going to make. And that scared me. I I argued with the youth minister for quite a while about that. It's like, you know, that's, that's not the nature of God to, to not know everything. And so, you know, that's, that's scary when you think about that, that, that we have, you know, these, these churches that maybe aren't doing their job. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that's the case here. I've been very, you know, impressed with the, the teaching that goes on here with the kids and and uh but but it, it's not the case everywhere. You know, there's a lot of churches that really aren't taking that to heart and teaching kids what to believe and and why to believe it. Um, you know, I was reading a book uh it's it's by um now I can't even think of who it is now. Um anyway, the the idea here he he says is that um what we believe ultimately determines our actions. Okay. So, so beliefs determine your values and your values determine your actions. And so what people really believe is going to determine how they live their life. And I think that's a key to, to these, these, uh, statistics, um, knowing what you believe and why you believe it. Cause when you really believe something to be true, um, even if it's hard to live it, um, you're going to, you're going to keep coming back to that. And, and following that, and, and I found that to be true in my life. When I when I believe God's word and I, I take it as truth in my life and, and try to apply that, it, it keeps me accountable and it keeps me um, following Christ. So, um, our our beliefs ultimately determine our actions. Um, so, why why is all this important? Um, knowing what you believe and and why you believe it. Well, I think it's important first of all because it increases our faith. Um, in Christ, knowing what you believe increases your faith in Christ. Um, I don't like to use the word faith a lot of times because I think sometimes it's equated with a blind leap of faith. Like you're believing in something that you, you there's no evidence for or whatever. Um, and I, I don't think that's a good definition for faith. I think a good definition for faith is more like a trust. Like in something that you know is going to, to take care of you. You know, you know like you, you uh, have faith that when you sit down in the chair, it's going to hold you up. Because you you've seen that happen before, and and that's that's kind of like um, how I equate my my faith with Christ is it's a trust in Christ that that I, I've seen His works in my life, and that I know He's gonna gonna keep His word and keep His promises. Um, so knowing what you believe increases your faith. Um, and let's throw that verse up there, Hebrews eleven six. And without faith, it is impossible to please Him. For whoever would draw near to God, must believe that he exists, and that he re- rewards those who seek him. Okay, so without faith, it's impossible to please God. And not knowing what you believe and why you believe it, it's kind of hard to have faith in something that you don't you don't understand, you don't don't uh, have a grasp of. Um, second reason it's important to know what you believe and why you believe it is that it protects against sin. Okay, and in Psalms 119.11... It says, I've stored up your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Okay? And so that's, that's a way that we can protect against sin is knowing God's word. Like I said, knowing what you believe causes or uh, beliefs cause an action. And so knowing what you believe um, protects against sin. <clears throat> the next one, it enhances your witnessing ability. Um, it's, it's common knowledge that knowing something about a particular topic makes you more comfortable with it. So when you know what you believe, you're more apt to share with that. I, I can just think of countless times, I, you, know, you know, some of the, the faith riders in here, I can come in here and talk to them uh, all day about motorcycles. And, and they love to talk about motorcycles, and so um, they know a lot about them, and that, that gives them an um, easier way to communicate with people about that that's the same with me about art or music or different things like that i can i can talk to you about it all day cuz i know a lot about it it's been just like immersed in my, or immersed my life in it and and that's the same with with knowing what we believe about christ is we immerse our life in that we um are taking that in all the time um it's just going to be common knowledge that it comes out it's easier communicated with people um it also allows us to disciple others easier when you know what you believe and why you believe it, it's just easier to teach people about it. <clears throat> the next part of that verse is to give a defense. And and this is really, uh, probably one of my favorite parts uh, of, um, of this verse. And that's just cause the type of person I am. Um, I ask why questions. I want to know why I should believe something or why I should live a certain way. And, uh, so this this really uh, is, is important to me, and um, that word defense there in the Greek, and I don't know Greek, so don't don't think I do. But I just have heard this enough that I that I know this is the word means. It's a Greek word apologia, and uh, that's where we get our term uh, apologetic. And if you haven't heard what apologetics is before, basically this is the study of um, or or the act of giving a defense. Um, to maybe people that have questions about Christianity, um, different things like that. It's kind of like you would give a defense in a court of law, you know, like Brian, when he's talking to people in in court, he presents evidence and he uh, uses logic to, to, uh, pull the jury to his side, you know, which, which, uh, um, where all the evidence points, that's kind of, kind of what it means, um but basically you know it can it can go into things like uh you know questions about the bible uh philosophy biology history science you know creation evolution um logic and it can be just as simple as answering questions about you know what is the gospel or who who is jesus and um you know what does it mean to worship you know th- those are apologetical questions too basically anything um that you can think of that you can answer about the christian faith is is an apologetic type question um one thing about that is you, you don't have to be a scientist or a historian or a philosopher um, to be able to make a defense for the Christian faith. That's one thing people kind of, um, they get scared about is, that well, I can't defend the faith because I'm not, you know, really in, intelligent on these subjects or, or know a lot about them. Um, but that's, that's not true. You, you can. Um, and then the second thing I would say is, is defense isn't a negative word. A lot of times we kind of equate defending something with, you know, or, or uh, arguing for something as, as negative, And it's really not um, if it's done in the right way, and which is the last part of that verse that we'll talk about in a second. But um, it goes on to say you are always ready to give a defense to anyone who asks. So, you know, this could be maybe a Christian that, you know, that has a question about the Bible. It could be uh, someone who's seeking, that's lost, um, that maybe God's working in their life and, and bringing them to a point where they're asking questions. Um, and it could be somebody who's skeptical, that doesn't believe the Bible, that um, you know, thinks we're all deluded for believing that. Um, it could be any of those types of people. So I'm going to kind of go through these different people and uh, talk about um, maybe some questions that people might ask. And so it says, to anyone who asks for, for a reason, for the hope that's within you, okay? And so we all have a hope that's in us, right? Being Christians, being saved by Christ, we're full of hope, we're full of joy. And so that's, that's basically saying people are going to ask, people are going to see a difference in us. And whether or not they believe the same as us or they agree with us, they're going to be curious as to why we believe these things. And it says, that's, that's the command I was talking about, that we're commanded to be ready to give these answers, okay? And so, you know, another Christian might ask you, uh, you know, questions about Christian living, the Bible, you know, maybe something like, how can I have a better relationship with Christ? Um, you know, what are some tips on studying my Bible? Um, how can I improve my marriage? Or how can I share my faith? Um, those might be questions that a Christian or, or uh, you know, somebody in the church would ask you. And we should be ready to answer those questions. So that means we got to know what the answers are. we got to Be studying those things. Uh, Like I said, we don't have to have all the answers, but we should. We should kind of have a general knowledge of those types of things. Um, Be ready to share those. Um, For someone who's seeking, that uh, they may not be a Christian, or or maybe they've been coming to church and they're just trying to understand things. They might ask questions more along the lines of, you know, what's the gospel? How can I come to know Christ? You know, um, something's missing in my life. How am I fulfilled? How can I find joy? Um, how does a relationship with Christ give me those things? They might ask questions like that. Um, and those are questions we need to be ready to answer. Um, and those are fairly, excuse me, if you're, if you're a Christian, those things are, are, are probably pretty fairly common knowledge. You know, what is the gospel? Who is Jesus? Those are things we should, we should all know already if you're a Christian. Um, probably my favorite person to talk to is the skeptic and that's probably weird because a lot of people don't like to talk to people that don't believe like they do just cuz it's it's um uncomfortable not easy to talk to those types of people especially if they're if they're hostile if they're not uh kind towards christianity um but i really enjoy i, I kind of got to like uh being in college talking to those types of people um you know being in a, an art college especially <laughs> you run into um all us artists are really weird and so um but you you run into these types of people that really have a, a lot of different beliefs and, than than uh, we do and you really have to be prepared because um a lot of you know especially that that group of people have really thought deeply about a lot of these subjects and they really can throw some questions at you that are very difficult that are really scary and they they kind of cause you to wonder um about for for you know a while but the awesome thing is is that I've heard most most of all the questions uh, that that I can come up with against Christianity, and I've always found that that uh, I find an answer in Christ, and that's really cool. Um, but I'm going to kind of run through some of these questions. These are kind of questions that I've heard before people have asked me, and uh, talk about those for just a second. Um, one is, doesn't science disprove the existence of God? That's that's a big one that you hear. Science, you know, evolution. Those things disprove the, the existence of God. And that's not true at all. In fact, a lot of the first scientists were Christians. Um, the, the fact that there's God out there really opens the door for more science. It opens the door for, for discovery, and that's pretty a cool thing. Um, so that's, that's one that you should, you should start to, to, like I said, you don't have to know everything about it, but know, know some general you know, answers on and the, that type of question. Um, isn't evolution a fact? That's another one I've heard. Um, and, and that's, that's not true either. That, that's a, it's far from it. Um, evolution, I like to call it a religion because it, 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 it's just, it's a, just a belief system that, uh, that's really not grounded in, in much fact at all. Um, and, and the, the things that is grounded in fact in, is just as much uh, support for Christianity. So, um, isn't the Bible inaccurate and full of contradictions? Heard that one a lot. That you know, well, in this passage it says you know there were this many chariots, and in that passage it says there were this many chariots. You know, it's all nonsense. And then you look at what they believe, and you're like, oh, how did... it's 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 very very funny. But um, but but the, but the truth of the matter is, is the Bible is is uh. 98.5% accurate to the original manuscripts we have I was actually talking, uh, me and one of my friends one time We, we always try to make a point to um, The Mormons would always set up a booth at, at school And so we would always try to go and have discussion with them And they're really, really great, nice people And, and doing um, a lot of hard work uh, for what they believe It's kind of a a shame that sometimes we don't work as hard as they do but they're they're doing a lot of hard work, and 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 we uh, we would go and visit with them, and you know they gave us a Book of Mormon, and so we would take that and look through it, and and just find where um, you know maybe it wasn't right and accurate and and um, logical, and we'd we'd go back and talk to him. It was, it was a really fun time and a good time. We made some good friends, you know, <clears throat> that way. And uh, I was we were sitting there talking with this Mormon girl one time, and she uh, I said you know. What about the scripture where it says that, you know, we shouldn't add to or take away from God's word and we shouldn't, you know, if anybody comes pro- proclaiming uh, this other, you know, the other gospel that's not, you know, the gospel of Christ, um, is it, what do you make of that? I said, the Bible says that and, and you're coming with a new, new addition to that. I was like, what do you make of that? And she said, well, we, I don't believe the Bible is accurate. I, I believe that it's been corrupted over the years, you know, translations have changed it and made it different. And I said, well, where would you study textual criticism? And she kind of looked at me like, what, what's textual criticism? And I said, well, that's how they determine how accurate an ancient document is. It's like they, they take the oldest copies they have and, and they compare them to the copies we have now. And they just see if there's any inaccuracies or whatever. And she's like, oh. I was like, well, the Bible is 98.5% correct to the original and I said it, the the 1.5 percent that they're not sure of are just like spelling and punctuation and things like that it doesn't ha- do have anything to do with major doctrinal, um, you know, things that we believe. And she said, Oh, that's neat. And then she <laughs> she just she just went on with her, her the rest of her message, and um, she she missed the fact that the, if the Bible's accurate, then that brings a question of is what you're believing true? Then you know if, if if it's accurate and uh, you know it's, it hasn't been corrupted, but you said it's been corrupted, there's you know it's inaccurate. You know you 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 might want to look back at what you're believing and see if that matches up. But um, so so that's that's a neat one. Um, you, there's a a neat illustration of that that um has to do with Jesus's um fulfillments of prophecy. Um. And I can't remember exactly how many prophecies there were in the Old Testament about Jesus coming. But um, the uh, illustration goes that if Jesus fulfilled all the prophecies in the Old Testament, but but if he were just to fulfill eight of those, that would be um, a a chance of one in uh, 10 to the 17th power, I believe, which is one in one with 17 zeros after it. So a really big number. Basically, to illustrate that is if you took that many silver dollars and put them on the state of Texas. It would be a foot deep, I believe. And then you take one and put a big red X on it. And throw it and mix the pile up. And then uh, you put a blindfold on. And start walking across Texas. One time you can reach down and pick up a coin. The the likelihood that Jesus would have fulfilled just eight of those prophecies. Is, is one in the 10 to the 17th power. So that that chance that you pick up that coin with the red X on it. That's pretty amazing stuff. Um, pretty Pretty cool, just the the accuracy of the Bible and Jesus fulfilling those prophecies, and all these different things historically that that back the Bible up is is um, even secular historians agree that that the Bible is one of the the most you know even just for history uh, accurate documents that we have. And it's pretty cool. Um, another popular one, especially in the world we live in today, is truth is whatever feels right to you. Whatever whatever you want to make it, truth is what you want to make it. But the fact is the, the problem with that is is that statement true? Is it you know, if, if there's no truth and truth is what you what you want to make it, then is that statement true? It's a contradiction, so it doesn't 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 hold up. So but the fact is, is there's truth. There's some things that are truth, and there's some things that are false, and uh it's our job to figure out what truth is. And I believe the truth is that Jesus Christ is is a savior, and uh This is his word, and we know we're to live accordingly. Another popular one, so many horrible things have been done in the name of religion that it can't be right. So there's a lot of bad things that have been done in the name of even Christianity, you know, the Crusades or witch trials or different things like that. It's awful, you know, it's really bad stuff, and that seems like a really good argument when people say that. But in all honesty, as Christians, who are we supposed to look like? We're supposed to look like Christ, right? And just one look at the New Testament at, at, at who Christ is, and you can see that Christ didn't promote going and killing people in His name or doing anything. So it doesn't matter who they were doing it in the name of. It matters that who, who's who's the original um, person we're supposed to look up to in that question is Jesus Christ, and He didn't promote that. So that you know that's that's an answer to that question. Um, Another one, out of all the religions in the world, why is Christianity right? That's another popular one. we got all these different religions. Why do Why do us Christians, we think Christianity is right? Well, you know, we've given a lot of the good reasons right now, just, you know, history and, and science and different things like that. That's another popular question people ask. Um, they might make a statement like, when you tell people that, you know, you have the truth or that Jesus is the way, um, that's being closed-minded and intolerant. That's another popular one, especially in the colleges. You, you're just being intolerant, telling me that that Jesus Christ is the only way to God, and uh, really they're being intolerant, telling you that you, that you shouldn't be intolerant of that So anyway, there's a lot of a lot of things like that that um, when we think about just logically and we look at the evidence and things like that. We have great and wonderful answers for those, but the, the thing is we need to be studying those and teaching those to our kids. So, so I honestly think that problem we're talking about with the, with the kids leaving the church is that they go to college, and, and I, I've seen this in my own friends, they go to college and they hear the professor say almost every day something derogatory about Christianity and it, you know, not being right and... Uh, you know Christians are deluded for believing it, or, or you know we're we're incorrect. You know, and they're, they're saying these these things like the Bible is full of contradictions, or or that um, you know science has disproven things like that. When you hear things said like that from a professor who's supposed to be this guy that knows a lot and he's done all this study, it's it really starts to wear on you. And I, and I can I can attest to that when being in class and uh, you know just <laughs> especially we had these classes called World Thought. And it was really, you know, called. It was really just let's bash on the Christian Christianity thing for for an hour is really what it was. But but you know they they talked about these different things about Christianity. And then anytime anybody stood up to to challenge that in class, well the person with the microphone is always going to win. You know the the discussion. It's gonna, he's going to make the other person look dumb. And that's what they did all day. And the, these Christians, I I felt so bad for them. But the, they'd stand up and ask that and. Or, or or make a statement and, and the professor would just, you know, make him look like a, a you know, an idiot or something in, in front of the class. And it, it just begins to wear it. And you know, all these other students see that and they think, well, you know, the professor knows what he's talking about. That kid didn't, can't give an answer for that, you know. So I always made the practice of just emailing the professor and discussing that. So I didn't have to stand up and <laughs> made to look stupid. But, um but but the fact is is that, you know, students, especially in here, you're going to go to college, you're going to hear these things. You need to know what you believe and why you believe it. You need to be able to answer questions like this, um, study those things. I, I promise you, you're going to hear it more and more. Um, maybe not so much here in, you know, Little Woodward, Oklahoma, but, you know, you can ask Bobby or, you know, I've I've talked to her. There's people in schools that are saying this kind of stuff now. I'm just, you know, be prepared, be ready to, 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 uh, at least have a, a little bit of knowledge of these things. That, so when people come, you can give an answer for the hope that's within you, that's in Jesus Christ. Um, and these are hard questions. These are, these are difficult things. And so that requires that we be diligent to study, diligent to think about them. <clears throat> we we're getting into God's word, um, you know, seeing what his, his view of things is, um, Talk about them with our family and friends. Teach them to our kids, so that so that we know um, we have we have a working knowledge of them. We have uh, like we talked about a while ago. We have we have faith in God's word, trust in God's word. Um, I was a, a senior in high school when I read my first book, kind of regarding some of these issues, you know, on the history of the Bible and different things like that. And uh, I'll be honest, that's that's what saved me in college. I, I you know I totally believe is just knowing what i believed you know I, I went to college and i already had read some of this stuff and so i kind of knew what the professors were going to say uh, my, my very first college class that i walked into was uh, speech and rhetoric and it was taught by an ex-baptist preacher who is now an atheist <laughs> and uh <coughs> the uh the the first speech we had to give had to be a persuasive speech, and it had to be, uh, he said, it can be anything you want, but it can't be about um, God or the Bible or abortion. He, he gave us those uh, different topics. And he, he just said, it can't be about those things because the Bible's inaccurate, and basically he just didn't want to hear about abortion was uh, the other thing. So, um, <laughs> being the type of person that I am, I did uh, why uh, the Bible is accurate for my first speech. So that was fun, but I look back at that now. I'm like, why did I do that? But it, it was fun. I got an A on it, but he tried to argue with me afterwards, but oh well. So anyway, that last part of the verse, um, probably the most important part, with gentleness and respect. So always be ready to give an answer um, for the hope that's within you, but do it with gentleness and respect. And that's, that's the part that I think is key um, When we're sharing with people about what we believe in, in any area, whether it's somebody that's that's skeptical and hostile towards the gospel, or whether it's somebody that just wants some good answers on stuff, is is share with gentleness and respect. Um, You can be the master communicator or speaker or um, person that uh, knows everything about everything. But if you're not gentle and respectful and and gracious and loving, um, what you have to say is not going to make any difference to anybody. Um, we have to remember that Christ changes people, not us, that it's the, it's the working of the Holy Spirit in people's lives that, that moves them to the point of salvation. And God is gracious enough to let us be a part of that, to uh, share with people. Um, but ultimately it's Christ. Um, he doesn't really need us to do that. He just allows us to. And so, um, he's commanded us to be ready. Um, so we need to do that with gentleness and respect we we're gentle because that's how Christ is with us um you know we're sinners and uh Christ is so gentle with us compared to what he probably should be sometimes you know that he's gracious and loving um we're 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 gentle and respectful because it, these are touching matters um like i said before um the message of Christ is controversial sometimes um he wouldn't have got crucified if it wasn't you know is he saying that he's God, he's the he's the savior, he's the master. That's that's a controversial subject in, in the world that we live in, and uh, we we need to be grace to, graceful to handle those those um, situations where we're talking to people about that, and and realize that that it's scary for some people to submit to Christ. It's scary for us to submit to Christ sometimes, and and we need to have grace in that. Um, we're humble because we don't know everything, uh, even if we know everything about all these subjects. Um, we don't know everything there is to know about it and, and we need to be humble and, and remember that that um, that's okay sometimes to say hey I don't know that's a great question um, but I'd be happy to go and, and do some research on it I'll come back and talk to you about it um, that's okay <clears throat> we're gracious because we've been showing grace um, kind of to end here I thought it would be fun I, I have some tips that I kind of came up with uh, for sharing your faith. And, and specifically for sharing with a, a skeptic. Because these are um, just things that, that I've done in my life. Um, incorrectly. Or um, you know correctly. Either way. Um, but they're just helpful topics here. So give me just a second. First tip for <clears throat> sharing with a skeptic. Is don't freak out. A lot of times when... When somebody has a question for you, and your uh, you know your natural tendency is to be real nervous to to share. Um, I mean, I'm nervous right now sharing with you guys that I know and love and and different things like that. So when you have somebody that um, is skeptical of, of of you and what you believe, and um, maybe even hostile towards that, it's real easy to freak out and get you know nervous and tense. And um, some people, when they get in that situation, either won't talk or they'll get extra defensive. Um, just cause you know, like I said, these are difficult subjects to deal with. And it's real easy to get defensive about something that you believe deeply about. And like I said, gentleness and respect, that's the key. Don't, don't freak out. Don't get defensive. Um, just remember you're having a, a friendly conversation with somebody. Just, uh, that's, that's what we we're talking about. When you know this stuff, it's really easy to just let it come out. Just talk about it. And, and, uh. So that's my first tip I'd give you. Don't freak out. My second one would be to question the question. Okay? you have to follow me on this one, but to question the question is remember... Sorry. Remember that not only Christians have to answer the questions of... Uh, these difficult questions, the skeptic has to answer them too for himself. So, for example, if someone asks you, um, you know, how could there be such a good God when there's all this evil and suffering in the world? You can say, well, that's a great question. Um, How do you give an answer for all the evil and the suffering in the world? What's your explanation for that? I feel like I have a good explanation, which is sin is the result of, of suffering and evil in the world. What's your explanation of it? And so that kind of turns the table and it, and it lets them kind of answer their own question. And you'll find a lot of times that, um, these people that are asking the questions haven't really even given that any thought. They don't even really know what they believe on the subject. Uh, you know, well, that's a good question. If, if you believe in evolution, then there's really not a such thing as, as evil and suffering. It's just, a uh, you know just life It's just how it how it works in in the evolutionary scheme of things, so you know somebody that believes that well that's their that's their answer to it, and you know you can't call something evil if it's just what happens you know just as a result of 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 life um, but we have a good explanation for that so um question the question you can you can always turn that question back to them, well, what do you believe about this? why do you believe this way and that's a great um just It's also kind of just uh, uh, genial. It turns the conversation back to them. It lets them answer, and it's uh, less hostile that way. Um, Last one there is uh, make sure – this is another one you have to follow me on – make sure what they think you believe is really what you believe. Okay? So, like, a lot of times people have um, a stereotype of Christianity or – this uh, mindset of Christianity is not right. It's it's incorrect. So, like a person might say, you know, well that Christian uh, is a hypocrite because he doesn't follow the Bible exactly. You know, <laughs> and and the problem is is that we're really all hypocrites. You know, that's that's a, a a part of of life is that we don't all always follow Christ's word exactly, and that that um, you know his, his mindset that uh, Christians should be completely sinless and, and and not uh not without, you know, any imperfection is is an incorrect stereotype of Christianity or um should I think of another one here um, coming up with a blank but but basically, you know, what we just just watch for that cuz a lot of times people will sneak in things that Christians don't really believe or, you know, or they can stereotype us all together as, you know, um I watched a little documentary called Jesus Camp. Um, it, was, it was on Netflix, so I just watched it and see what it was about. And it basically took um, this documentary of <clears throat> this lady who was doing <coughs> a youth camp, and I think it was in Kansas, and uh, it followed her journey through And it and it picked out all the the weirdest things that would seem really weird to people that weren't Christians and really played up on those and, And uh, it lumped all Christians together with that. Um, And the truth is that not all Christians really believe that way. And this lady wasn't. I'm not saying she was all bad. She was doing a lot of good stuff for the kids. But a lot of the things she was doing in there, even we kind of see as weird and don't understand completely. Um, But a lot of times skeptics will do that. They'll lump everybody together. You know, even with, you know, like there's uh, the Westboro Baptist, you know, that will go picket. Um, you know, military things and, uh, um, you know, are really hateful to homosexuals and different things like that. And they lump us even in with them. And that's, that's incorrect. That's not what we believe. That's not really um, how we treat people or different things like that. And so, just make sure when you're talking to people that they really understand what you believe as a Christian, that they're not lumping you with something that's incorrect. Um, You will be asked what you believe and why you believe it. That's a fact of life that we're, you know, we're going to be asked what we believe. It, it may not be some hard question like, how do you explain the evil and the suffering in the world? Or, um, you know, different than, why do you think Christianity is the only true religion? It may not be something like that, but it will be things like, what is the gospel? You know, who's Jesus Christ? Um, you know how do I have a better marriage or how you know things like that for sure will be asked, and then we need to be ready for all these types of questions and and i, I promise you that's that's been amazing for my life is just to understand what I believe and why I believe it be able to kind of communicate that um even if it's just on a, a just a very basic level um, with people it's it's been um giving me faith in Christ, giving me more, <clears throat> more faith in Christ and, uh, trust in his word. And, uh, it's, you know, protected me from, you know, sin and, and took care of me in that way. And so, um, be ready for that. And, and kind of like we talked about in the first of those verses is that persecution will come. That's just as a fact of, of being a Christian, living a, a righteous life and, and following Christ, um, with a message that's controversial, is that we're going to be persecuted on some level, and um, we don't have to worry about that. We don't. Have, Paul or uh, Peter saying in the, in those scriptures, we don't have to fear that. We don't have to be scared to um, have people not like us. Or you know, we we really have it really easy here in America. You know, the the worst that will happen to us is we get a door slammed in our face, or somebody calls us intolerant, or just doesn't like us, and that's not bad you know, that's not a big deal. Um, you know, we could be, you know, in China or somewhere like that and uh, be put in prison or, or killed and, and we really have it easy. And so we shouldn't fear and we shouldn't even fear in a, a circumstance of, you know, prison or death. But, but um, we just have to be ready for those instances, be ready um, always to give an answer for the, the hope that's within you and do it with gentleness or respect. So it's my prayer for us as we go into this new year um, that, we would seek to know Christ more, to understand what we believe, why we believe it, um, and just work on communication with with that. How how do we communicate communicate that in a gracious and loving way, a respectful way? Um, so that's all I have for you tonight. I hope, hope it's been beneficial for you, and, and that you've maybe got at least something out of it. Um, I'm not a I don't march around and not really a a great speaker, but. Um, that's what you have Jason for. He's great at that. So, no, no, I, I've I've enjoyed. Thank you. <clears throat> Thank you for this opportunity. And I, I, once again, hope you got something out of it. If anybody's heard, uh, heard anything in here you have questions about, especially, you know, youth or students, um, you want some more resources on this type of stuff, like questions you might encounter at college or different things like that, please come talk to me. I love to talk about this stuff. And uh, I could, you know. Give you any, any resources I have. I'd be happy to do that. And uh, anybody, really. And you don't have to be just going to college. But anybody has um, interest in that, it's a, a love of mine. So um, thank you guys so much. Let's pray. And we'll uh, get on with our um, 11, 2011 budget. So God, we just uh, give you the glory for tonight. Um, once again, just thank you for today. Just a day we can set aside. Just worship you and I praise you for um God, the things we've learned today—God about um, about temptation this morning, and and uh, Joseph—and I, I just pray that just help us to remember those things. I pray that you be with us uh, tonight as we as we studied the um, for, uh, First Peter three fifteen, Lord. And I just uh, pray that that we would take that to heart, Lord, and just always remember to be ready. Just to be ready to watch for those opportunities to share Your Word, share Your gospel, and Your love, and and. Um, That we would always remember to do that in a gentle and loving and gracious way. And um, thank you so much for being loving and gracious with us, God. Just for uh, being patient with us. And uh, we just give you the glory, Lord. We love you and we thank you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.